Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Had a great jam yesterday, Randy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, actually, I had a really good jam at Green Lake with uh, Beast and Char Powell. A uh, little bit chilly. Fall is definitely in the air. A little different from you in Hawaii right now. You got that nice warm action going on. So what was your jam about? Uh, well, so I'm jamming on the beach by myself in Kailua, and uh, there's a nice steady wind coming in off the water. So uh, I've really been focusing on learning counter. So I brought out the whiz ring and I just did about an hour of counter brushing, like 90% counter. Every so, every so often I throw a clock, but mostly counter. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry because it's actually making it a little bit more fresh for me. You know, when you're doing your same moves over and over again, it kind of becomes repetitive and sort of like you're just doing it. Now that I'm back into learning mode, I'm uh, a lot more excited about playing. So it's actually been uh, very positive. I'm joking. Of course, it's always good to <laughs> keep pushing the learning button, of course. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so today we have uh, episode number three with the Velasquez brothers, and uh, I'm really excited to hear from them again. We're going to talk about basically the philosophy question, is freestyle frisbee an art or is it a sport? And we're going to hear what they have to say about that. So here we go. When you go to a Broadway musical, there's, you know, it's like a routine in a way, a long routine, right? And that's really how I looked at frisbee freestyle is like, hey, you got a piece of music, you know, you're telling a story, you know, and and, and that's why I like, you know, Randy, your routines are, they're awesome. You know, like you're, it's entertainment. It's with Frisbee play and, and getting back to competition. You know, I know I'm like going all over the place here, but man, sometimes I really struggle with the whole notion of, of competition. Like, how do you judge all these routines that can be so different? Like, like take, for example, uh, you, Jake, man, there's things you do. I know I could never do. I never even try to do like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's such it, to wrap my brain around like this whole competition thing and to judge like this routine is better than that routine. man. it just it, it, sometimes it, I, I just can't get around it. Like, you know, hey, this is freestyle, man. That's why I guess mob ops after the tournament is so great. Right. Well, I think it's more of an art form than it really is a competition. It's really hard yeah. to say one person is better than the other and then we're just all different and we all have our own style and our own take. Exactly. On it. Yeah. And it's also, it's kind of our only, you know, competing and tournaments are like our only forum to kind of get together to make an attempt at trying to figure out what is the best. And I mean, maybe you just, there is no way to figure out what is the best when you're doing art. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it is something. So here's a question for you guys. So, I mean, you guys were really embracing that, you know, the performance aspect of it. Did you ever feel like you were getting judged by technical players? Like you weren't, you weren't embracing the technical enough or did you get any of that weird vibe? Hey, uh, hey, Randy, I'm, I'm going to take that question. Okay. That's a really, really good point. The answer is yes. Yes. You know, um, you know, Jen, Jen's and I, you know, won 76, 77, you know, uh, we won a couple in 80. We teamed up with Donnie Rhodes. You know, we won pairs, FPA pairs in 80. And then we started winning through the 80s, as well, farther into the 80s. And, and then we, we both got out of the sport, you know. But, you know, we left our mark in that period of time from 76 to 84 
you know, we were pretty much uh, at the top of um, level of the teams. We definitely felt that we were getting um, judged by the so-called technical, I don't know, how do you put it? You know, th- th- there's a flow. There, back then, there was like a uh, categoriz- categorization of players. Like you were a flow player or you were a technical player, you know. I, I think back then, Jens and I as a team weren't really considered as technical players. I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I, that's the feeling we got. And, uh, and yes, we kind of felt like lots of times we were being judged a lot of times, uh, maybe unfairly, or we had that kind of um, feeling that we were being uh, misjudged or mis, mis um, I don't know what the right word is. Well, criticized for making that choice. Yeah. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, we felt like even though we knew we were going to get criticized, but, you know, the costumes we wore or, or the kind of song we picked, we, you know, we, we, we stuck to our guns. We stayed who we were at the time. And, uh, you know, we said, let the chips, uh, were, you know, go where they fall, you know. And it was You were tough. doing you. You were yeah. doing you. Yeah, exactly. You stayed true to you. So That's it's awesome. Tough. There was there was lots of times where we would come out of um, a tournament after the finals, and we would not like the results. You know, we would not like the results, but we were we walked away feeling uh, good because we liked the way we played. You know, and that was foremost. And there was lots of times we walked away and we were like we won, and we were like, oh my god, how did that happen? How did we win? You know, because we weren't we felt we didn't pull off what we should have pulled off, and, and so forth. So we weren't really. We were in competition with other players, but we were really mainly in competitions with ourselves, you know, with trying to put out something, a vision for that routine. And if we came out at whether we won or lost, and if we felt like we completed that vision for that routine, we walked away happy. I love that you stayed true to yourselves and and, uh, that you, you know, stayed committed to wanting to do your vision. And one of my theories is that a lot of that critique comes from those that other side that maybe... They, they say that they don't, I don't know, they don't say that they don't respect it, but my theory is, is that they just don't have the ability to go there. And so instead of embracing it and supporting it, they would much rather shoot it down because they can't do it. One, one area that I think where that comes from. Yeah. And you know, and I, I do want to just say something, you know, and it, it's kind of, um, and I'm saying this to the freestyler of the present day. I don't know. I'm not haven't been in freestyle for the past ten years enough to know the feeling and the the culture of the freestyle uh, family right now. I mean, I know everybody, and I I dip in in and out of you know the Virginia states and the world here, worlds there, and uh, so I really don't know the the whole culture yet. But I'm saying this to the players of present day, and that is definitely don't let any walls come up. You know. And I love I love what the Haynesville um, has done, you know, with the with the tournaments out in the West Coast and and how the the family has the family has come together the way it has, uh, because it's a beautiful thing to see. And I can say that because it hasn't always been like that. You know, it wasn't like that in the 70s. It wasn't like that in the 80s. You know, yeah, we respected people and we loved each. You know, we loved the different players. You had your favorites that you that you kibitzed with and played with, but it wasn't the uh, the jamily that it is today. And I definitely want to uh, give props out to you, Jake and Randy, uh, and so many others that have really 
taken it to that place where it is today. And uh, so anyway, I just applaud you guys for taking it there because it, it really is an awesome time where uh, freestylers can let their hair down and just be themselves and, and, and learn and learn together and share together. And, and that's what I think is a beautiful thing to see today. Yeah, it's definitely way more supportive these days than it was back in the past. There was definitely a lot more criticism of styles and a lot more kind of cutthroat intensity that is not present today. There's still a little bit of it, but it's nowhere near like it was when when you guys were in your heyday. We all matured. Yeah. There was a maturation process. We're a little older, not as, you know, there was a bunch of young guys back then. We were all young, right? Well, I wonder yeah, if the money yeah. has anything to do with it, because today there's not really money in the sport. And back then, it's, a lot of guys are making their livings through the sport. You know, Jake, you bring up a good point, because from, you know, 76, 77, 78, 79, um, there was really the WFC. Pretty much that was the big tournament. And back then, it was very, very intense because... To make the final to go to the Rose Bowl, they only took in 1976. I think there was only three teams in the finals, and other years there was like four four teams. There was very few. I think it was 1980, 81 when they started taking like six teams. So it was very intense. People wanted to make the final, and when you didn't, it was a huge, huge disappointment. And you know, most of the guys back then were very, very young not as mature as, you know, years later. So, you know, people can, you know, get bent out of shape, whatever, and, and uh, say things that maybe uh, they would have uh, not said had they, you know, thought about it a little more or, or uh, had they been a little bit more mature. Yeah, well, Donnie Rhodes was saying how it really was his livelihood and that if you didn't win, you didn't get the shows. And so there really was a lot more at stake. And you guys probably felt that, too, that if you didn't get to the finals, you weren't going to get to get any more shows to help make a living. Yeah. You know, um, I listened to Donnie's uh, just an aside here. I listened to Donnie's uh, interview and it was it was really entertaining. And I love when he, when he kept talking about how dirt poor he was and stuff like that. And it it made me think of my own life. You know, uh, when I met my uh you know, I met my girlfriend, Anne, who's now my wife, you know, of over 30 years. Uh, when I met her, she goes, Jens, you're poor. I go, what? Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> so I guess my parents did a good job not, not letting me yeah. find that out. Yeah, I, I grew up really in poor situation, too, economically. And uh, had that same, I had no idea. I, thought I had a great child. That was awesome. I loved my upbringing. I wouldn't change it for, for a second. Jens. Yeah. Jens, wait a second. You're telling me we were poor? <laughs> you just find it out you didn't realize you were really rich in Santa Claus doesn't exist either <laughs> no Easter bunny what <laughs> so here's a question for you so uh, you guys are learning freestyle together and you're, you're, you're growing your game so was there brother rivalry any brotherly rivalry between you guys about pushing each other and your games <laughs> here er, er, Earl, why don't you uh, why don't you take that uh, I'm trying to figure out why why you're letting me go there, but uh, okay, I'll take a stab at it. For the most part, I, I think I think you know be, playing with Jens was a freaking awesome awesome thing um, to 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 do what we did and be able to share as brothers and not only uh, share the plan and the creativity part of it 
and then going through the shows and winning titles together. It, it's a, it's, it's, um, it's a movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just unbelievable what we were able to uh, share and experience. And uh, not only as young men, but um, as brothers, you know, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to put it into words. But when you uh, ask rivalry, you know, you know, us playing together in Peru and then and coming and then playing uh, on the circuit, freestyle circuit. Here's the other thing we didn't even touch on. Jens and I were really good overall players, too. We never even touched into that, you know. The reason why I'm bringing that up is Jens was an awesome overall player. I mean, he was, I, I think if he put more time into it, that he could have won a couple uh, world overall championships. I mean, that's how close he came to winning, you know, and he was really good. So with that being said, you know, I, I never got to his um, level of overall play, but I've won a couple golf tournaments, uh, one overall tournament. And uh, so I, I had my strengths uh, in, in the overall play. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is we had, Jens and I kind of knew our strengths in our freestyle play. You know, Jens had his strengths and I had my strengths. And so as far as freestyle, I don't think there was any rivalry, so to, so to speak, because he knew my strengths and, he, and I knew his strengths. And so we kind of, uh, I don't know how it developed, but it, it developed uh, organically where I knew where he excelled and I knew what his strengths were. So I played to help bring out his strengths. And he played to help sh um, let my strengths shine. And that, that kind of evolved organically. It was an awesome, beautiful thing to see. So we knew our strengths and we helped each other. So there was no rivalry in freestyle, I don't think. But I will say this. Jens and I, we would tour a lot together. We would have to be with each other all the time. So <laughs> there were times where, man, we were like, where we needed to separate. You know, we needed to get, you know, and Jens wrestled and he was a district champ in high school. And I was, uh, I was a district champ too. And, and I went on to be in, um, uh, compete in the nationals two years in a row, qualify for the nationals in college two years in a row. Erwin was a junior college All-American, so he was a stud. <laughs> anyway, so there were times me and Jens would, would fool around, you know, and, and, you know, this is after maybe we were getting irritated with each other. And so we were able to let off some of that steam by wrestling. And sometimes we, we you know, we, we probably went too far and we had, to, we had to just break up for the sake of not letting it escalate to something ugly. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are normal brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Erwin brought up a good point about, you know, kind of reading each other and developing our styles organically. And, you know, a lot has to do with the fact that we're brothers and have been around. And I, I guess Jake, and Jake, you and your brother, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Connection there that's that's there. And I'm sure, you know, you have that. Yeah, totally. I can just watch his body language and, and know exactly what he's going to do and get myself ready and vice mm -hmm. versa. We can play together almost like a single person because of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's great. It's cool to watch you guys, too. Um, you know, getting back to um, that rivalry thing, you know, I feel just like Irwin. You know, he's got, you know, I always looked at Irwin as being one of the best players ever. Obviously, I'm biased. He's my brother. You know, and I don't put myself in that category. Um, you know, Irwin could just go, you know, you can give him like the crummiest throw and he'll make something out of it. A lot of players can do that today. But Irwin was one of the first to, to be able to do that you know, 
in the evolution of freestyle. You just give him anything, he'll do something with it. And I'm not that kind of player. I kind of like, I saw myself as, you know, I, 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 uh, I come from a martial arts background. And to me, it's like, boom, 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 transition into a throw, get it off. The throw comes in, boom, 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 you know, transition into a re-throw, nice flowing, you know, the, the transition from, from catch or from close to re-throw, it shouldn't have to be like a stumble. It should be like, boom, boom, boom. It should be nice, beautiful, flowing. And, and that's how I always looked at it. And, you know, and when I get the disc, I don't want to hold the disc for, you know, an elongated uh, amount of time. Because Erwin uh, usually uh, uh, plays with the disc a lot longer than me. And two of us doing that just doesn't make for a good routine, in my opinion. So it would be like, boom, 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 give it back to Erwin. I get it, boom, 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 give it back to Erwin. And, and that's really how I always looked at freestyle, you know, like make it nice, sharp, snappy, boom, hit the move, transition into a nice throw. You did your part. Yeah. And that's so. why you guys together were so awesome. It was such a great marriage of styles and it complemented uh, each other in just such a magical way. And I mean, I, I echo you, Jens. I mean, Erwin, you're one of the greatest of all time. And, and I watch some of the stuff that you do and did and my jaw still hits the ground. Um, and just really amazing. And you guys as a team was just off the charts. I wanted to find. I wanted to talk to you guys more about when you stopped. So, was that in 1984 when you quit playing? Well, um, yeah. I, I I don't even know if I went to 1984. I think Jens, you might have went uh, without me. I think. No, I'm we did sure. go to 1984. In 1985, I went uh, without Irwin. All right, I should say. Um, let me take. Let me take a step back here. I didn't go to the FPAs in 1985. I went to one tournament in 1985. It was the U.S. Open. I made the finals in. In uh, accuracy, I made the finals in in discathon. I made the finals in in um, freestyle, and I played with uh, of all people. I played with Donnie Wallace, and it was fun. We made the finals, and it was great. You know, I love playing with the guy. He was awesome. Irwin didn't go in 1985. In 1986, I got married. Didn't go to any tournaments. I don't think. In 1987, Erwin and I went to the WIFDIF and FPA World Championships were in Denver. I mean, I'm sorry, Boulder. We made the finals there. We played pretty good. Do you remember that, Erwin? Yeah, I, I think it was um, uh, where the right life is. It wasn't in Boulder. Uh, it was in... Um, oh, Fort Collins? Fort Collins, yeah. We made the finals. We, I think that was the first time I ever saw Dave Schiller and Tommy Leitner. And they were amazing. It was like... Holy shit, who are these guys, you know? And then from 1987, I must, you know, speaking for myself, I didn't go to a tournament until uh, 1996, the World Championships in New York City. Yeah, I, I, Jens and I went to that tournament in 87, and I believe, I think we took second to uh, 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 Joey and Chipper Bell. And uh, that was a really great tournament, especially being out of um, competition for a couple of years. And so after that, I really didn't get into a tournament, I think, till 1994. Went out to Fort Collins again. I paired up with um, Bob Coleman and and Ted Oberhaus uh, to, to play in the U.S. Open 94, and we wound up winning that. And that was a great tournament. It was an awesome tournament to be back into it again. 
And in 95, I went to Jacksonville for the FPA um, freestyle tournament and won with uh, Bob Coleman and, and Ted Oberhaus uh, for the FPAs in, in Jacksonville. So, yeah, that was that was those years, 70, 94, 95. And then I played with Jensen in 96. And then uh, 2000, I played with Larry and Periali and uh, Wiftiff, I think. And then uh, 2002, I got, I got to play with uh, one of the zaniest uh, partners I ever it was that 2002, Randy? I, yes, I, it was. I remember. I was there. I saw it. The rubber band routine. The rubber band routine. Yeah, I got the to rubber play. band routine. Yes. With Randy and Ted. And uh, what really sticks out was the preparation we did at Ted's compound. That was, to this day, Randy, a real highlight of uh, my frisbee playing days. That, that, putting together that routine and then going to Boston and that whole deal was, was a, a really awesome memory. So just let yeah, you know. That. I, I concur. That was an amazing experience and, and just being in Ted's compound, as you say, and I, <laughs> I couldn't keep up with you two. You two were animals. And I was like, you guys wanted to do like run throughs with the disc as hardcore as you could. And I was just melting in that humidity and like, Oh my God, you guys were just insane. But it was a great insane and an insanity. I would go with uh, into again with you at any time. And you know what? You, you're a, a real integral part of that, of, of everything for that routine. I don't even know how we got the rubber band in there. The whole flavor of your personality just enveloped that routine. And that's what made it fun. So I'm just letting you know that. Yeah, Thanks. it was a cool experience. It, well, thank you. And uh, the the rubber band actually didn't come from me. It came from Gary Auerbach. That's right. Who was that's right. visiting, who made a brief little visit to Ted's house. And he said, that's you guys right. should try this rubber band. And I was like, yeah, let's do the rubber band. So <laughs> It was yeah. so cool to watch you guys do that with the rubber band. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a video of it somewhere out there. I haven't seen it. I, I really don't recall how we even used it. So. But I know it was there. We'll, we'll look for the video. So if you guys, you guys kind of stopped competing together around 84. So what, what was the decision process to kind of step back from your competition and step back from being a team? I, I know what my situation was. I, I know it wasn't even a, a thought out or somewhat thought out. We're, we're, we're going chronologically through these years. I became a father at a very early age. You know, I became a father at, um, in 1981. And then I had another child in 1983. You know, um, I, I kept having kids. You know, so I, you know, I have uh, four kids uh, with my first wife, and um, and I have two stepkids, and uh, who I don't look at as my stepchildren. I think of them as my own. And uh, had, and I had Bella eight years ago. So my my answer is. I'm proud to say I'm a Frisbee player, but that's not who I am first and foremost. I'm sure it's for everybody, too. But my point is, you know, I was a father, you know, a husband, and uh, I had priorities. What dictated my play or whether I could uh, go to tournaments or here and there was really my family life. You know, uh, I had I had kids that came first and they always came first. And that sort of kind of dictated um you know, how much frisbee play I could do. You know, and for me and Jens talked about this all the time. People with world titles. You know, if you were in another sport and you had a world title, man, you'd be set. You wouldn't have to be worrying about paying the mortgage. You wouldn't have to be worrying about 
going to work 40 hours or 50 or 60 hours putting overtime in or if you are world if you had world titles in any sport you would be set all you would have to do is worry about uh your craft everything would revolve about being the best you could be in your craft but that was never the case for us or even present day freestylers you know they're they don't they're not able to put 100 percent on their craft because they have to worry about ancillary things that sort of like kind of uh, organic leads that made me and Jens come in and out of uh, Frisbee play because, you know, we had priorities in our life and that was our family. It sounds like life happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So do you guys have a favorite lost trick, something that people don't do today, but was done back in the early days? <laughs> you know, what I, what I call a pinwheel catch, you know, an aerial trailing edge catch that I used to do. I mean, people don't do that today. People don't do like, you know, everything's set up off a move and, and your brother is is such an athlete. I mean, you are too, but I've seen him fly through the air and I think like he would be awesome. Another guy is Daniel O'Neill. He, that dude flies through there. I'd love to see these guys, you know, just do incredible catches off the throw. You know, I think that would be awesome. I think you're right. I think the pinwheel is lost. So that is a lost even know, trick. I don't even know what it is. I heard Jeff Felberbaum say it too. And I'm like, okay, pinwheel sounds like um, but I don't know if I've ever seen it. Actually, it's funny. We're talking about this, but, um, you know, 40 years ago, it's it's the 40th anniversary of 19, 1977 World Championships that Erwin and I won at the Rose Bowl where there was, you know, a lot of people, 40, 50,000 people. We got a standing ovation at the end and, and Whammo had commissioned a company to uh, do a documentary on the film. And they submitted that docu- documentary and it was nominated for Academy Award in the, in the short film category. And that film, in the opening, they have Irwin and myself and uh, Ashley Whippet. Well, Irwin's doing a body roll and I'm actually performing within the first minute, f- first few seconds, I'm performing the pinwheel catch. Is it on YouTube? Yeah, if you, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's on there. Yeah, and the um, movie is called Floating Free. Hey, uh, I just want to tell you real quick, um, you mentioned about moves, but there's, and then they're not my moves, uh, two moves uh, of Jens's, actually. I'm agreeing with Jens. The pinwheel, uh, the pinwheel, it's a trailing edge catch. It, after the Frisbee's flying over, he then grabs it on the trailing edge side, and he completely almost does a somersault. And it's, it's, it's I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. As long as we're talking about the pinwheel, I got to tell you guys a story. Um, first time I saw the pinwheel, the trail edge pinwheel catch, it wasn't a trail edge. The guy would go up, catch the trail edge, and just come straight down. And what I did was I added a roll to it. You know, it's just a natural progression of the way the body's moving. When I did that in the 1977 World Championships, it's one of the highlights of, of my career to get you know, standing ovation like that. And it's just an incredible moment. After that tournament ended, we're in the stand, we're, we're on the field, all the players were on the field. And Chow Rotman came up to me and he said, he looked at me and he said, gents, when you did that move, that hurt me. And I knew exactly what he meant. Like one player to another, I was lucky enough to be in that position and to hit that move. Could have been him, could have been anyone else. And for one player to another, I knew exactly what he, what he meant there's nothing else to be said but i knew exactly what he meant and that that's one of the memories of uh of pinwheel that i have 
One other move real quick is Jen's doing a trailing edge. The Frisbee's going over his head, and he bends backwards, and he gets a trailing edge. He's almost a couple inches off the ground, and he comes back up. I don't know if you'll see that move any anytime soon, because what the disc is doing is it's coming about waist level. In order to uh, execute it, you have to do a back bend and catch it as it's passing you. You know, at my advanced age, I don't know if I'm doing that. Well, I was going to say, Jens, I do remember that move. And I will say from one Frisbee player to another, that hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Wow. So I really loved hearing from Jens and Irwin about their lost moves. That was really cool. Uh, That pinwheel. Heard about that a couple times, but I've never seen it before. So I went and looked up the video that they were mentioning. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes, by the way. Uh, and then I went out that day and tried to do some pinwheels. I was playing speed flow with Lori. And man, that's a freaking hard move. Can't believe it. Yeah, well, I've never tried it. So I'm just living vicariously through the V-bros and you. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I love talking to people about these because we uncover lost moves that uh, hopefully can be brought back and help our sport grow. and reach new heights. Yeah, I totally agree. And speaking of reaching new heights, really would encourage everybody to go like our Facebook pages at Shooting the Frisbees and especially at Frisbee Guru. If you like it and share it, it really helps out with the engagement and uh, spreading the word. Spread the jam. That's what we're all here to do. All right, Jake, uh, I will talk to you next time. Yep. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, Shooting the Frisbees, and live streaming freestyle frisbee. Oh, yeah! I love these podcasts, man. You guys are doing a great job. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.